have you all again it's good to have you all again um this week you know thank you uh, thank you all for joining us again um this weekend you know it's the first qualifying of um the 2022 season you know a very well i say a very different one something we're not we've not been used to in the last um uh, past seasons you know um we've got a whole different um battle this season from the way it's looking you know so um i would just like to um invite you guys um to come up you know as we um analyze the um different events that have happened um this weekend and um mainly this um qualifying um session you know so yeah um so first of all um we have um ferrari on pole you know um since last year we've been um um hearing that ferrari have been putting in so much work and development into um their new car you know and um they said the first impression matters and with ferrari um at the first qualifying, it shows that there's a lot, you know. There's a lot to extract f- from the car, you know. They've put in so much effort and it's paying off, you know. Even um, the champions, uh, the uh, previous constructor champions are nowhere to be found in in the top three, you know. So um, we'll, we'll get into all of that just in a bit, you know. So... um. First of all, uh, um, Charles Ompo, um, did you guys expect it, you know, coming in this weekend? Um, what are your expectations, you know? Um, can I start with Abdul, please? And then um, we'll just uh, move on to Hassan and um, Ayo, please. Yo, yo, yo. Good evening, everybody. <laughs> Good evening. Yeah, it's nice to be back here. Uh, ah. The whole weekend, generally, for the Max, uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, everybody thought they were sandbagging. I, I personally was hoping they were sandbagging too, but <laughs> as as Madi said in the group, I said the sand don't kiko. <laughs> yeah, but it's unfortunate. Um, uh, but if there's anything, I know those guys can pick themselves out of any pickle. I mean, it's not the first time the Max will be fifth and sixth. Imagine if they maintain this form. 
and they being like always constantly bad in Monaco. Hey, hey. I can't imagine how terrible Monaco will be, but yeah, hopefully they sort it out um, before then. Uh, yeah, from testing, we all knew the battle was going to be between the Red Bull and, and Max. I, won't, I mean, Max and the Ferraris. I won't say the Red Bull because uh, Perez is just occupying space. Honestly, yeah, but um, it's going to be an interesting season. Um, I'm I'm quite looking out for how they will both handle themselves in the front. Because yes, last year, or was it a couple of years ago, that they were both in the same part of the circuit, always. They were never... <laughs> the racing was always intense, and one person always ends up off the track, so... It's going to be a very interesting season, and hopefully the Mex come into the battle, so make it like a three-man battle. And yeah, we have a lot to look forward to this year. But all in all, yeah, it was a cool session. Thank you, um, Hassan, please. Yeah, so I think today's session yeah was more of like a confirmation of stuff Bolaji and I said in our last space that we had, because Bolaji and I actually said that. Mercedes would not find the pace and like they are literally looking slow and they've proven themselves to be like being fifth and sixth and Charles Leclerc has actually surprised us and he has gotten pole ahead of Max and I think that's actually monumental considering considering how good of a driver Max Verstappen is but like Charles Leclerc is an absolute beast and he's gotten pole in Bahrain and now the main question will be like tomorrow can he actually be consistent? Can he actually keep the pole? Or will he and Max end up crashing or something like that? Because both of them are actually very ad- aggressive drivers. They've been driving against each other since they were young and all of that. And there's been rivalries since, since then. So this is an even bigger rivalry than whatever Max and LH had that immediately trying to sell. This is an even bigger ri- rivalry that we're about to see if it goes through and if it actually happens. But yeah, Max and Leclerc pull massive maybe signs would come up if put the name crash i hope well yeah let's see thank you very much um yami please i know yami i believe yami is a red bull um i'm sorry as a mercedes fan so i would love to um, hear from him awesome awesome i'm here oh yeah thanks man thanks i thought that, that was a very interesting session i'm not surprised that the was on pole i think he's a brilliant driver i think he's actually better than mask Max, uh, anybody who objects, you can look at, uh, you can watch 2019, the British and the, the British Grand Prix, and the I think the uh, the Grand Prix before that was Austria, right? And you know, the game. you know, you should just go watch the highlights of those races. Leclerc is a fantastic driver, the guy's absolutely brilliant. Destroyed uh, Vettel, so I'm not surprised in the tech match. Uh, I think this is an if you know the current um, form of like if the current order is in place, which I think it will not, I think Mercedes will find themselves at the front very quickly. But uh, if the current order maintains, I think it's going to be a massive fight with uh, between Leclerc and Max tomorrow. In fact, I think they could take themselves out. We expect the reasons to be close. I don't think anybody has. You know, we don't know what the reasons going to be like tomorrow. It's going to be very different from what we've seen in years past because this class can follow each other now. So these guys will be fighting each other from Laporte probably to the end of the race. And I think on that note, I would say that, you know, um, I see Lewis, uh, I mean, maybe... Perez or Sainz have an outside chance of also winning the race if these guys take themselves out. I mean, I'm also, and, and, and Mercedes, right? Uh, I think this actually, the, the, the qualifying P5, 
and you know the gap to leaders was actually a pleasant surprise for me. Uh, I thought they'd be way off, given what we saw in, in you know in practice and things. So, like this is actually a good solid foundation to build on. I think it's clear that they're comfortably third fastest. You know, some people say, oh, they might be in the midfield, you know, but like they're comfortably third fastest, and you know they seem to uh, they seem to understand the issues in the car now. I expect them to be able to like fully rectify it and incorporate it within. I get ahead like probably in like four or five races time. Uh, but like I said, man, people are already calling out. People, I'm, I'm seeing people, you know, already throwing it all and saying, yeah, like that's the end. Now this season is a new season, it's a long season. Development is different, so let's not let's not like be let's not judge too quickly, right? This is the first race. Uh, I think this season is going to be a three battle, uh, and uh, yeah, I think it's a, it's going to be an interesting race tomorrow. Uh, I mean, if Mercedes are not up to pace, I, I already said last week that I'm going to be supporting. I'm going to be rooting for Ferrari, like you know, anything against Max. I think it's also good to see that Ocon um, are qualified alone, so, so that that's also great. And, I mean, we'll look look at look. Did you see what happened between Bottas and Russell? You know, so they still look, it's P5, P6, Lewis Hamilton, Bottas, but different cars. You know, so those guys can't be separated. And unfortunately for for Russell, all those people that were saying, "Oh, Russell will qualify Hamilton," I think the guy still has a is a fantastic driver, no doubt. But I think he has a uh, you know, he has a lot to learn in the fast team. And, you know, it was a cru- crucial lap and he made a mistake, you know. So and that's not something you should be doing in the in the highest level of the sports, you know. So he's still, he's bloody quick, but I still feel like he has those mistakes in him. And I think, you know, that's probably what Lewis probably used to edge him out this year, uh, if anything. But he will very quickly earn out those mistakes and hopefully he can also be in front and fighting. But yeah, I think it will also be, it should be a good recovery drive for me tomorrow as well. Thank you. Thank you, Yemi. Um, Ayo, Dudu, please. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, newly introduced to F1 from last season, actually. So I, I saw the whole of last season. I was introduced by my guy, Ore. So now, yeah, there are a few things that need to be set for this season. The first thing is Daniel Ricciardo has to find his way out of, of McLaren. As in, he um, has... Sorry, Ayo... Yeah. And we'll come to Daniel Ricciardo, but now we're sticking to um, Charles because we have a, we're, we're following a, a um, scheme of things, please. Okay. But we'll come to um, Daniel, please. Yeah, yeah it's clear that, that Ferrari probably has this season. If 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 not the drivers' championship, then they definitely have the construction championship because they sh- they show rules real pace and driving skills today. I mean, I've never seen this from, from Ferrari at all. I don't know exactly what what came upon their contract or, or, or upon their constructors this this season, but from what I watched today, I I, I think Ferrari has this they, they might even win both drivers and construction championship. And for for Max, yeah, he he's he's the most aggressive Driver and, and and I think starting P two for him, yeah, he he can't win tomorrow, but at least he will put up a good fight. And for the second Ferrari guy, Carlos Sainz would also do well. And for Max and uh, sorry for for Panutin and and his teammate George Russell, I, I I really think Mercedes has no no place this season at all. That's that's. That's quite clear. Mercedes has no place this season. They've really lost some things. From what I saw today, they they really need to buckle up and, and there's nothing really to change again this season because they'll probably be, 
be breaking rules if they change. Because now we're all expecting them to start crying that, okay, this guy touched my car, that one touched my car, trying to get get points. So that is the only tactics they will probably use this season. Because now they have nothing, nothing at all to show this season. Thank you. Thank you, um, Ayo. Um, thank you very much. Um, guys, we're um, still on... Um, on the Ferrari topic, you know, so um, then we'll be moving on to Max and um, Per shortly. So um, please, in that order. So um, Bolaji, please. Uh, thank you so much, friend. Okay, so uh, like Hassan said, I think we had this space last week and I told you, I said so that you guys have to look out for the Ferraris because they are quick. And we saw it today. I mean, I didn't really see any mistake from Max. He said the setup in Q3 was a bit different from Q2, but I didn't really see it. It was, you know, it looked like a perfect lap, but like he just didn't have it today. So the Ferraris did what they had to do. I actually put my money on science to to outqualify uh, Leclerc, but it didn't happen. But this result really doesn't surprise me. Ferrari P1, Max P2. I mean, it's going to be crazy because <laughs> this is what, you know, Leclerc has been waiting for since 2019. He had that, you know, monstrous car, got so many pole positions, just couldn't convert. So now he has the chance again to show us that, okay, that 2019 wasn't an accident, that he's a really good driver. So, I mean, the, the results aren't surprising. If you remember correctly, Binotto has been screaming since last year that oh, we're working on 2022. We have new fields. Shell has given us this E10 field that is, you know, they recovered. 10% of the performance lost, this and that. We kept seeing the rumors, kept seeing the stories. But for every fan to downplaying it because they have shown them paper in the past, like, you know, four or five years. But, like, this confidence has been destined. So, this result, I mean, it doesn't surprise me. It really doesn't surprise me. But I'm just hoping, you know, that he can convert tomorrow because the main issue with Ferrari is the conversion. So, yes, the car is fast on one lap pace, but, like, can they convert tomorrow? I'm hoping they can because I'm tired of Max and, you know, like I'm just really tired. But for now, since we're still on Ferrari, I think I'll just stop here for now. Thank you so much, Bolaji. Um, yeah, moving on, you know, um, it's great to have um, Ferrari, well, I say, up on the grid again, you know, after a very um, long time, you know, and um, with um, Max in P2 and um, Sainz, you know, He's the one that splits um both Ferraris and Perez in um P4. So um quickly on um Red Bull, you know, I feel apart from um Ferrari, the, which is um the only team now, which is the benchmark to beat, um Red Bull are the are um are the second team as well, you know, and um coming in. Um, this like from testing and coming into this season, you know, it was quite. Well, I say it was it was quite shaky because we thought that Red Bull had focused all their energy on um the twenty twenty one car for them to be able to um win max the championship, you know, which worked out well for them. But coming into um Bahrain um this weekend, it's been very um. Well, I say it's been very surprising, you know, because I would have, I, I would have said I would have 
you it would have been obvious to say, okay, Mercedes, you that probably been like a Mercedes one to or Mercedes, you know, in P3, you know, but not having Mercedes as the top three is um well I say strange, you know, and then um the fight with um Ferrari and um Red Bull is something to look forward to. So um moving on, moving on, um Hamilton and um Mercedes per se I've I strongly believe they have a lot to um work on this evening against tomorrow. I don't know what you guys think. But um yeah, I'll start with Ladi first, please. Then um Baba Yaga. Sorry if I didn't get that right. Um first things first, um I think it's a very good thing for Formula One to have uh, multiple teams at the top um fighting for the championship. And I know we can all buy into the hype right now that Ferrari is the fastest car, but it might just be a thing of them having a an engine that just favors this Bahrain track more than the Red Bull track. Um, it looks as if they were faster yeah. on track um, f- for this particular race, but I think Max Verstappen honestly looks rapid and he doesn't make as many errors as um, um, Charles Leclerc um, on track. So I believe uh, it's a, it's going to be a very, very interesting race tomorrow. And if you guys remember Silverstone 2019, the two of them are very um, aggressive and feisty drivers. So I expect like very good racing. Um, regarding the Mercedes, right? Uh, I believe there's still a fast car there. It just depends on when they are able to fix the floor, uh, do their floor problems or not. It might take two races, it might take three, it might take four. Um, pending when pending when they fix the issue, the drivers or constructors championship might already be out of reach. But if by any chance they can pull something out of the hats, for God's sake, they are eight time. Uh, world champions i believe it's going to be a very very um long and interesting season thank you uh, thank you very much um please can we have um baba yaga next please yeah hello good evening mercedes actually i feel mercedes actually has a good engine but their flow program is actually was dragging them back and it's something I feel it wouldn't take them probably I think the next race they might have sorted it out and they'll probably be back on top. But Ferrari still has a lot to you know to prove to prove that they actually want to be back on top. I mean the new engine is good but still it's not enough. Thank you so much. Um I keep this because um, you haven't spoken yet. Yeah, um, I don't even really, I don't need to talk too much technical details, but, but as a proper Mercedes fan, <laughs> it's too early. Like, this is literally how it is almost every season. They'll still come back, they'll fix the car. Their engineers are the best. It's, to me, this is even like what they do. This is what they like doing. First problems, then they sort it out towards the end of the season. The only problem, like, um, I've forgotten the last speaker. The last speaker said is when they sort it out. That's the only thing. We need to be too late to get the constructors. But knowing Mercedes, they will always sort out their problems, whether it's the 
engine or anything, they will always sort it out. So I don't think this season is rich enough for them, like Ayotsubra said, nah, that's definitely not happening. But yes, it's going to be tougher with Ferrari now in the picture. But yeah, I don't think they're out, and I think they'll still, Hamilton still has a good chance of, Russell definitely can't finish top three this season, he still has a lot to learn, but um, Hamilton definitely is still in the picture, and I think Mercedes will bounce back quick. Thank you. Um, um, guys, please, if you want to um, speak, please um, raise your hands up. And then um, I'll be taking down people and be bringing up um, more people because we have a um, lot of requests. So it's um, nothing um, serious. So um, Hassan, uh, Hassan, then um, Ladi, next, please. Yeah, so I think like with Mercedes, yeah, it's not like they can't come back. The problem is that like, where exactly is the problem they are trying to fix? Because you can see they're like sister teams that they supply engines, supply engines and power units to. Those guys are also getting knocked out at like Q3, Q2. So it's a bit of a struggle like across board. That's the entire like issue here. Yeah. And other than that, they still haven't really sorted out their proposing issues. Like if you notice like, um, Russell and Lewis still bounce a little. And that also affects to them not being able to like hit top speeds before or like break late enough when they're coming into turns. So all these little little things are always like affecting them and like reducing the performance of the car. So it's like how they're going to fix all these when they're able to fix it. Like how are they getting enough data Another thing is that like other teams are also advancing because the other teams have sorted out all these proposing issues. Now they're looking at like how we can improve the car better. But instead, Mercedes are looking at how we can fix our current proposing issues and all of that. I don't know if that makes sense, but like that's what's going on in my mind for them. Yeah, it makes sense. Thank you. Um, can we have a uh, Bolaji, please? Okay, so I think I just wanted to, you know, temper expectations a bit because one, there's no playbook to fall back on for Mercedes. So in the past, you know, the regulations have kind of more or less been the same. So they could fall back on data from, you know, different tracks, different races, but like this is a completely different season. New regulations, new cars, the cars are heavier, the cars have less downforce and slower corners. So it's it's a huge ask, it's a huge task for like, the guys and girls in Brackley to just say, okay, we'll bring a new floor next week and, you know, we're back in P1. So I don't think it's as easy as just changing one thing. So it seems like it might be a fundamental issue. And I saw a post that said, uh, I think Shove said, Andrew Shovelin said that it might take six months for them to get it right. So it seems like, you know, they might have missed the trick with the concept they went for. I'm not trying to, you know, be... A bear of bad news, but like we just need to temper our expectations a bit. Like it's not the same season, same regulation, same robot. Things are different. So we might not be where we want to be now, but definitely with time we can get there. But the need time is not an easy fix, really. Yeah. Um to add to um, what Bola just said, yeah, I believe um with these new regulations yeah, like you are ten- you are bound to um encounter ac- um different challenges you know um not just necessarily um necessarily um, mercedes alone but maybe further in the season you might end up seeing some teams that are at the top now maybe a bit further down or a bit off pace you know so it 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 just depends on um 
whatever issue um, each team is facing now and then how they are able to um, um, find the solution to um, those um, issues um, as quick as possible, you know? So um, another um, team going through difficult times, you know, um, McLaren, you know, um, Daniel Ricciardo was um, out in P1 and um, I believe Lando was out in... Um, um, Q2, so why did I say P1? Um, Ricardo was out in Q1 and um, Lando was out in um, Q2. So, um, I don't know, for a team um, that were that were like bossing the midfield last season, they, they seem to have, um, well, I say they seem to have not gotten it right. Is it that it's just the Mercedes um, power unit or there's just something like some of these teams are missing. Because if you look at it as well, Williams are not necessarily um, doing so well, even though, um, what's his name, Alex Albon was able to extract the best out of the car, you know. If you look at Latifi, there was was nothing to write home about his lap, you know. So um, looking at uh, McLaren, I don't know, do you guys just think it's it's like, it has to be um, be related to the power units per se, or it's just like these teams haven't just gotten some of the, um, the regulations um, right. So, um, if you guys can um, please raise your hand up. Okay, um, Adikola, um, please then, um, Ladi. Yeah. Hello. And I'm um, sorry. Hold on, before you guys go, um, please can we have um other people that um want to um speak as well so if you want to speak please just raise your hand up because um we have some people here so that it doesn't just look like i'm just speaking specific people please um please go ahead thank you um hassan then and ladi then abdul latif in that order okay so i think mclaren is kind of like a double-edged sword issue first of all they have daniel ricardo that is not really performing as you'd expect and then they now have issues with getting the performance out of their car because you saw that like with norris norris was able to get like p6 in q2 but then like in q3 or i can't remember was it q2 or q3 he, he had issues at the end of the day and he was not able to like get through to the end yeah i was in q2 was not able to get through to the end so i think once they just sort out their performance issues i think norris would actually like excel out of where it current where it currently is but then Daniel Ricciardo is still trashed, and I still don't understand what's happening to him. Hopefully, we'll sort it out soon. Um, I think it's too early, and it's unfair to say that the reason why those teams are at the bottom is because of the Mercedes power units. Um, yes, we have Alfa Romeo and Haas jumping up the grid because we could say maybe because the Ferrari engine has gotten a significant upgrade. But the reason why McLaren is on the back foot is not necessarily because of the power units. They have a problem with their brake docks. So McLaren is a bit of a tricky one right now because we don't know where um, they truly lie in terms of pace. And as for Daniel Ricciardo, um, the Obviously, Norris is going to perform way better than him this week. He literally had COVID, did not have time to test the car. Um, Norris has had more time on track. 
Norris has had more time. Uh, he has come more laps. He has had more time um, studying and driving on this particular track. And is a tall order for someone like Daniel to just jump. I, I know he has experience, uh, but is a tall order for him to just jump in the car. He might never be fully fit yet. So I think it's too early as well to judge Daniel Ricciardo um, for being knocked out in Q3. So, um, like Bolaji said, um, the Mercedes thing, we need to temper expectations. It might take longer than um, Mercedes fans hope, but I don't think the power unit has dropped off that much um, to say that um, they are performing woefully. Aston Martin and um, um, Williams could be at the bottom because they are meant to be at the bottom and they are behind in developments, not necessarily because of the power, um, power units. Mercedes uses the same power unit as they are using and it's not because of their power units that they are um, falling short of uh, um, the Red Bull and Ferrari. I just think they've nailed the new regulations better and they understand what they need from their car. So, um, yeah. Thank you very much. Um, Ab um, Abdul Latif, please. Then um, Ab Abdul G. Okay, um, so for the Mercedes power unit, I think it's too early to be saying the Mercedes power unit is bad or is a problem, although the power unit is very suspect as it is now, but it's still too early. I mean, we just have we just had one qualifying session and people are already saying this is this person is crashed, this is the problem, it's way too early to call. And again, um, I just want all, everybody to just calm down with the expectations. Fine, yes, Ferrari are fast, Red Bull too are up there, but qualifying pace is different from race pace. We saw this with Ferrari in 2019. Charles Leclerc had nine poles with just two wins to his name. That is a terrible conversion rate, but we will not go into much, much of that. And the same Max Verstappen that in 2019, they had two poles, they had four wins. So... Let's just calm down with all the expectations. But And one other thing, you should not write off Mercedes and especially Lewis Hamilton. I mean, George Russell has seen that um, there's a guy, he has known that he has gone to meet his guy, he will calm down with all his uh, Magidi. But now, let's not just write off Mercedes. And Mercedes will get his right eventually. And um, with Lewis Hamilton behind the wheel, they will always have a chance. Even in tomorrow's race. I predict that he will be on the podium tomorrow. Mercedes always have a chance. But um, let's see how it's going to be tomorrow. Thank you. Thank you very much, uh, Abdul Latif. Can we have um, Abdul G next? Then um, Adikola after, please. Yeah. Um, okay, just to add to what everybody else has mentioned, I guess. Um, yeah, McLaren, a much more fundamental issue. No, nothing really out of sorts with the PU. Although, yeah, just like everybody else has said, I mean, we had four teams that has Mercedes engines. Four of them went out in Q1. So, yeah, but, um, yeah, McLaren picked up issues. Even the solution they had for it is still sort of like an interim one, according to that same principle. So, yeah, for the next couple of races, I predict they probably will still be somewhere at the bottom. Um Daniel Ricardo, well, it's quite unfortunate how his season has started. I mean, missed the whole of testing in Bahrain, and yeah, it's crazy, it's sad, but normally I think it's still status quo. I think even without COVID, he probably will still struggle behind Norris. Um, it's quite unfortunate, but hopefully they pick themselves up and they work on themselves. Uh, for Aston Martin, 
Uh, to myself now, I'll just be laughing at Stro uh, right now. <laughs> yeah, it's quite unfortunate that he wants to have so much impact on the team. I mean, he's just a billionaire. He should let the people with the knowledge run the team. But yeah, Aston Martin, quite unfortunate where they are. When Uncle Seb comes back, he probably will finish 21st. In fact, he will be 21st because if what is his name scores points now, Hulkenberg. Uh, uh, and and uh, Seb comes back in the next race. Seb will be twenty first in the standings. So, but no, no, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, generally, I think it's quite unfortunate what is wrong with McLaren with all the Mercedes team at the moment, and hopefully they pick themselves up. Thank you, um, thank you very much. Um, can we have um, Adikola, please? Add the color, please. Um, I don't think add the color is there. Um, okay. Um, MJ, please. Okay. Um. Concerning the McLaren, I think probably they they didn't do something right this with their car. Oh, but I feel like this is just the first race, and other teams will use this like to tweak different things in their car, especially the Mercedes. And then with this whole Ferrari pace and thing, I think there was something they did to that their car in 2019. Yeah, that I personally feel they used that to have like an upper hand with their car this season. So I feel like like they, you know, they're working on this new car with the new regulations and things because of like the upper hand they had with their 2019 car or their power unit and engine wahala they had with the FIA. So um, I had a feeling that they might be stronger compared to other cars. Um, we just have to watch and see what will happen throughout the season. Um, because like it's just the first race, so they will use this first race or the first quality against other teams to see, okay, what am I missing, you know, and use the data to figure themselves out. Mm. That's all. Um, sorry, guys, I I don't know what happened. My, thank my phone went. Thank you very much, MJ. Okay, yeah, Adeka, let's have you, please. Yeah, I was just trying to say like it's too early to actually confirm which team have the the fastest car at this point. The most useful data the whole team will be looking forward to is tomorrow's data after the race. Because uh, testing is uh, comprised of uh, programs, like different things. We don't even have much of the information, fuel load and all of that, engine power. Then the, the, the most uh, reliable data now is the qualifying data. That That's fine. But in my opinion, I would say it's too early to actually point to a particular car or a particular team that this team have the the fastest car at the moment. I think it won't have to go down to like five races. I usually wait till um, after five races and different venue that have different um, layouts and characteristics before you can 
we can all actually have like a bigger picture of like okay this car is is it seems to be fast and with mercedes mercedes could i think they have a a a, a fundamental problem not power unit problem i don't think mercedes can have a power unit problem i strongly don't believe so i just think is is a fundamental problem maybe design wise uh, like um Bolaji said it might take them a bit of time so the time it's going to take them to determine what happens to them but as it is now uh i would say lewis could still win the drivers championship if i'm to predict ahead but i don't think mercedes will have the constructor this year because now the title is going to be a three horse race it's not just two team anymore so all those points will be splitted across red bull ferrari and mercedes and George Russell, he's going to make a lot of rookie errors. That's just the truth. He's good. He's fantastic. But like we all saw earlier, he's going to make some some mistakes that will actually cost Mercedes. So, but I just feel it's too early. Like uh, someone said to George, especially even tomorrow's race. If you look at the stats of uh, Bahrain, most time the person that starts P two ended up winning. I think yeah, the stats shows P two could win more than the person that starts on pole. I saw, I think F1 Handle posted the stats like 10 years back. And most of the winners actually are from P2, not P1. So I think it's too just early to call. Let's just enjoy tomorrow and, and, and see. Thank you very much. Um, can we have um, Abdul Rashid, please? Okay, good evening, everyone. Good evening. Uh, thank you for... ...for the... Hello? Yeah, we can hear you, please. Okay, um, I think I'll just, um, okay, go on. And uh, I'm very much sure that they will come back strong, uh, maybe in the second or third, but uh, they are just playing the other teams. Uh, let them have the their way and things that uh, Mercedes are way off, and then uh, they will go back uh, later. Uh, when as the season proceed, uh, you know Mercedes have been playing this for quite some time because most fans and most people complain that uh, that uh, Mercedes dominate this sport. So uh, I think it's just a trick, and at the end of the day, Mercedes will be back. They know how to uh, turn off the engine to, to improve the power. Remember what happened in Brazilian Grand Prix last year. You can see uh, Mercedes have invested a lot in building this car. Uh, almost last year, they couldn't have a significant development to their car because they are concentrating on this car. And all of a sudden, they now say they have a problem. I mean, people are just believing them. I don't think so. Uh, just wait and see what Mercedes will provide in the next few races, and people will be surprised. So I don't think it's any serious problem. 
just that I'm just uh, as a Mercedes fan, I just feel bad that they are not up there. Thank you very much, uh, Abdul Rashid. Um, Ladi, I guess you wanted to um say something. Yeah, yeah. I, I, what what that guy said was just um, funny because they actually have we we all Mercedes fans, and we always you obviously want your team to do uh, the best, but they actually have issues that they are dealing with. Um, whether or not they solve it does not really um, um say that they do not have the problems. They actually have the problems. But what I wanted to say previously was uh, the people that are coming for George Russell um, about him making mistakes. Valtteri Bottas made a lot of mistakes. In fact, if we're talking about being um, error-prone, during races, Bottas makes a lot, a lot of mistakes. Not as much as um, Russell. I think this is his first, this is literally his first qualifying in the Mercedes team, like I said, we can't really jo- the race has even like the race has even come and gone. Let's see where it finishes tomorrow. Let's see where it finishes um before um the summer break before we can judge him and say um he's going to cost Mercedes points. Um yeah. Thank you, Ladi. Um I'll say let's move on a bit, you know, let's move on to further down the grid. You know, a team that has... Well, as it has got everyone shook, but I would say they've been talking the same way Ferrari have been talking, you know, ultra last year that they've been working on their 2022 car, you know, which is um, Haas, you know. So, um, I saw... Um, looking at Haas' performance today, I, I would say I'm really pleased... You know, it's good to see Gunther smiling again. You know, and then these are genuine smiles, not Netflix smiles, you know. And then um, I would say generally for the team, you know, K-Mag, you know, I, I feel it was he was the best person to um, replace um, Nikita, you know. And then um, big credit to Nikita and his father who are who were the former sponsors because i don't think if not for their finance they would have been able to um house would have been able to develop this kind of car you know but they're not ripping the words the so so which is life unfortunately so um yeah so house you know house are likely to score points next season uh, i say next season sorry tomorrow if um all goes well you know, so um, in terms of um, strategy, do you think um, Haas is ready? Because Haas in the last one, two seasons have been used to um, being behind the grid, you know, so there's really nothing much to do and uh, nothing much to work on, you know. So um, how do you guys um, see Haas tomorrow and... Um, ahead of the season. Um, yeah, can we start with Adekola then? Um, oh, sorry. Can we start with um, Abdul Latif, then um, Abdul G, then Adekola, then Ladi, then Ore, please, in that order. Thank you. Um, so for us, one thing I can say is that this is why it's very important to have, if you're having a rookie in your car, 
it's very important to have an experienced driver also because if they had somebody else maybe a mazepin and they both um, went out um, in q2 we um, may say um, that um, okay let's carry on carry on so we may say that um, maybe um, their car is not good enough, but Magnussen getting into Q3 just shows that, fine, they have a very good car. Maybe Mick was not able to extract the final 10 from their car. Um, for Haas, what I'm just scared of, it looks like they have the pace, but for reliability, I am not sure. I don't want them to get, because I'm actually rooting for them this year, and I don't want them to get to a point where they will be in the point and the car, the engine will just, the engine will just blow up or something will happen. Then in terms of strategy, um, I think this is the season where we we'll actually see how good their strategists are. This is where they will actually end their money because right now they will be in the points most of the time. And let's see how they can use their strategy to ensure they stay in the points. I mean, Mercedes, who have been winning, who have been winning for a long time, they made bad strategy calls last season. Even if I'm sure their strategists are one of the best paid on the on the entire grid, even Ferrari in 2019, they made huge dodgy calls. So I think it's down to the individuals in the individual strategist and the team. And in some cases also the driver, because I remember even in 2020, Sebastian Vettel was making his own, deciding his own strategy in the Ferrari. I'll show you how bad things were. He was, they would give him a strategy. He would say no, he would um, decide his own strategy. So, for strategy, I think we just have to wait and see. Starting from tomorrow, from us, but the most concerning thing for for me, for them, is not the um, strategy, but the reliability of their car. Thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I yes, I believe um, the, the biggest challenge. Um, I'm Abdul. Sorry, Adeka. Abdul, sorry about that. But Adeka, just carry on, please. I think, like, I agree with Abdul 100%. Uh, reliability, not on the power unit side, but on those parts that are being manufactured by Haas will be the will be the biggest challenge for Haas this season. Yes, because yeah, as, as, the, as of 2019, they were actually good. But if I can remember, there was a race where they actually lost um p i think p4 and p5 due to their pit stop and some brake issues and stuff like that so they've always had this problem of the parts that they don't they don't get from ferrari the parts are not listed uh, as parts you can buy they always have issues with those parts if they could fix that this year i mean the parts that they actually manufacture themselves if they could fix that i i feel they are going to have a very fantastic uh, season because that Ferrari power unit is just is just good, and generally, look wise, the the Haas car seems to look very very like they have a very tight package too, and bringing K Mark back is just one of the best decisions they, they they made because uh, he's best person to actually come back and drive for this team. Imagine if they have uh, two drivers. That's that, that like imagine if there's another driver that is not Mick, like another good driver that is not a paid driver driving for us, like for this season. If, if they have something like that, I, I will actually put them in to finish sixth at, at least. But because of the dynamics, there's Mick, there's K Mark, and K Mark is a very, very strong racer. He has uh, a bit of, um, how I'll say, Max and Perez. He knows he's good with time management and he's also an aggressive racer. So a very large extent. That's K-Mark. So he's a very, very good racer. He's better in the race than even in qualifying, just like Perez is. 
So I, I feel if Haas can just sort their their own reliability issues on the parts they are manufacturing, they will have a fantastic season. Um, Abdul, please. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Just to add to what the other two guys have said. I remember last week I was actually rooting, I was crossing the decision um, has made to bring K-Mag back. In my mind, I was like, man, get a rookie into that car. Oscar Piastri, for example, because he won last year. But in hindsight, they, they actually nailed that decision straight on because I think Mick was about eight tenths from him. I can't remember, yeah, but it was, it was, a, it was pretty... Um, it was a huge chunk of time between them both. So, and just as Abdullah said, reliability might be an issue. Not just for us, for a couple of other teams in the paddock. Uh, us, um, so, the, what, what is their name now? This Toruso team, I can't remember their new name. Anyway, Al-Fatawi. Yeah, Alphatawi. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They definitely would have reliability issues also. Um, probably even the Williams too. Mm, yeah, uh, but yeah, in hindsight, bringing Kema back was a very good decision. This year, they will run. They will, they will be running the midfield for 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 most of the races, I believe. Hopefully, they sort out their reliability issues, and yeah, we'll figure out what their strategies can do because they were always bottom feeders last year. So the strategies were just chilling. So hopefully, we'll find out what they're capable of this season. But I, I predict, I predict a strong. Seven, eight in the constructors' championship for them, or maybe even six. Who knows? Thank you very much. Um, I believe is um Ore next. All right, please. Um, okay. Um, can we have a read one, please? Okay. Good evening. Good afternoon, Adam. Good evening. So, Good evening. So about us is that it's just their reliability, their strategy, and everything about them. I, I think they are gonna score points this season because I think that car, with what I've seen through testing and the first qualifying, I think is fast. So and I think uh, K Mag has driven um, with as before, and I think they will do well, but they need to get their tactics right. If not, if they did not get their tactics right, they will just lose any, like maybe any lap, and that's gone. So I think they will do well. Maybe as actually before this thing started, I predicted them as ninth. On the constructors ahead of uh, Alfa Romeo, us, and Williams. Well, I think maybe they'll do much better than Alpha. It's what I've seen today. I'm not sure, but I think they'll do it this season. Thank you. Thank you very much, um, Ridwan. Thank you very much. Um, Ara, okay, yeah, you may go. You may speak now, please. You, um, I hope everyone is good, by the way, and I hope we all are good. Um, you see, with us here, yeah, I'm not even going to lie. I was, I was very, very surprised because before the start of this weekend, I imagined that okay, there will be, there would be nights like after Williams because I thought all those runs that they had, 
doing testing, like they were deceiving us because obviously the track became cooler and all that. So to see how good that he went today, like I think that was very impressive. And also, like we were talking, some people were talking about tomorrow, like their ability with their strategy and all that. I don't think we should be bothered with stats for us because let's not forget that they've not been trash all their life. Like they were once a midfield team and they always, not always, but like most times they got they got their strategy right. So, but I, I believe that with tomorrow they would surely, surely, surely get points. So I'm not I'm not really bothered about them if they will fuck up their strategy, their strategy and shit for tomorrow. I, because obviously when last did they get the chance? So I don't think they would they would mess themselves up that bad. But yeah, like seeing them do well today in Kogi, like I was very, very surprised because I just imagined that they would be like the night, the night fastest team because in my head, I know the Williams the worst guy on the grid. So I just imagined us would maybe probably fighting with them or so. Yeah. Thank you very much. Uh, all right. Uh, I believe um, Ayo uh, Dudu wants to speak on the Haas topic. Am I right, please? Ayo uh, Dudu, do you want yes, to speak yes. on the Haas topic? Okay, please go ahead. I, I, I'm just, I just want to say that I would have really preferred if if Haas didn't have to to take away Mazepin, uh, Nikita. Because, yeah, we understand that because of this issue with Russia and all, but... With these new changes they've made, with with their preparation, with their passion now, it would have it it it's really cool to have Mazepin on track, Nikita. It it it's really cool to have him. He's a very good driver. He's wise. He's aggressive. He knows what to do. He listens to to his radio communicator. He listens well, and he knows he really knows how to drive. So I, I would have really preferred that Mazepin is on track. Sorry, sorry, Ayo. Who are you talking about, please? Huh? Who are you talking about, please? Hello? Yeah, who are you... Uh, which driver are you speaking about? Hello? Please? Which driver are you speaking about, please? Hello? Okay. I think I was talking about Mazepin. Okay. Uh, carry on. Carry on, if you... Carry on. Yeah, hello. Yeah, carry yeah, on. I would have like really. Yeah, I was talking about Mazepin actually. Okay, yeah, yeah carry on, please. I, I I would have really loved it that he he was on track with Haas. I would have loved him to be on track with Haas because now they've really improved from their Q one, Q two, Q three. I mean, everyone is is really shocked. Everyone is surprised about what Haas. Yeah, as as Ray said, Haas has not been trashed all their life. Has had not been trash, but I, I personally I don't know if I'm speaking for everyone, but personally, Mazepin would have really been the driver to to contend with Haas for this season. Uh, thank you very much, Ayo. Um, there are some things that you said I might have to um disagree with you about um. Mazepin, and then yeah, anyone is anyone can feel free to um um give their opinion, but I don't think um Mazepin, Maz yeah, Mazepin was good in F two, but 
I don't think he's good enough for Formula One. One, and then um, two. I don't. Th- I don't. I don't know if you've watched um the latest season of Drive to Survive. You know, like yeah, Netflix yeah, yeah. dedicated an episode to him, and then it's obvious he has a very bad relationship communicating with the team he works with. You know, and then even there was a a scene where Gunther had to um caution him on like the way he speaks to um um people or like members of the team because they are all trying to achieve the same goal and then they're all there for a reason. You that, know that's so... a typical Russian. <laughs> Sorry? <laughs> yeah that is typical Russian. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. Um let me just finish please. Um so um what I'm trying to say is that regardless of him being a typical Russian or not, if you go to um France you have like a Frenchman, you know you so you don't not because you are a Russian then you you have to be rude to people or you have to be a bit a- aggressive or, sh- or you know so yeah um on that point I will kind of have to disagree with you and in terms of driving driving unfortunately he's yeah he was he, he was on the podium in F2 couple of times but they are both different um categories if you get what I mean and then yeah like he didn't. He he was he wasn't up to mix, um, standard last season, you know. And then they were both in the same car, you know. There were there was even a scene when he when he when he was speaking to his father where he said he wonders how um, Mick drives the car, you know. So I don't think that's the mentality of even a Formula One driver, you know. So yeah, or rather a racing driver in general, if you get what I mean. So yeah, um. So um yeah, I saw Bolaji and um, Adikola. So um Bolaji first then Adikola, please. Yeah, thanks, Edwin. So basically you said everything I wanted to say because I mean I'm surprised that you know we have some Mazapin pro Mazapin fan club here, but you know, it is what it is. I also just wanted to let people know that you know, Hass is basically almost like an assembly, an assembly line, assembly plant. So they get different things from different companies, like uh Adikola said. So they work with Dallara, they work with Ferrari. For, so they don't really produce anything. So really the fact that they've been able to even achieve this kind of speaks to, you know, how much work like they have put in. So we really need to give them like a lot of credit because you know what it means to not like manufacture anything major by yourself. It's it's not easy. So really like we need to actually give them credit for this car that they have developed. And I really hope, you know, everything goes according to plan for them. Yeah, that's it. Thank you very much. Uh, I declare, please. I declare, please. Okay. Um. So, uh, moving on to um the back of the grid again. Alfa Romeo and um, you know their leading driver Valtteri Bottas. You know, apparently this is um both, since twenty sixteen um Abu Dhabi. According, if I'm correct, Bottas has has qualified um. You are correct. You are very correct. Um, yeah, in the, um, yeah. So for every race, which is fantastic, you know, regardless of um the team and machinery, you know, so um. For Bottas, you know, it's good to see that he has not lost that drive. You know, he has not lost that um, 
passion, you know, that mot- that um motive to keep on going. You know, I believe like we both us in Alpha, they are likely to secure points and you know probably um, give Williams a, a a a fight and a challenge, you know. So um yeah. Can I have uh, Imadi, then Abdul, then Ored and Hassan, please? Yeah, thank you. Um, Just to speak on Alfa Romeo, uh, I think Bottas is, is okay to, com- to compliment him. He did a good job and he qualified up. He was in Q3 and all that. But I think his fundamental problem in Mercedes will still reiterate ugly head in the midfield where he is at the moment because um <clears throat> he was racing at the front in mercedes and he was still being beaten by ferrari by um red bull and some other cars he's in the thick of the midfield where the cars seems to be closer at the moment then they're going to mug him as usual as they've always mugged him in when he was at the front of the grid so uh, unless he probably discovered something in Finland during the break and he has upped his game, then I don't think we should expect anything much in the race. In qualifying, he'll still be spectacular because he's good in the one lap pace, with the one lap pace and all that. But in the race, I don't think, I don't expect anything special from him. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Okay, I think it's my turn. Yes, please. Yeah. Okay. I was listening out to a couple of things that I think might have reliability issues. Yeah, and I'm so confident that Alpha Romeo is also part of them. Uh, over a lap, they are super fast. VB is also a good qualifier, but I can't. I can't just help it, but believe it. I'm sticking all these Mercedes bad luck to that team too. Yeah, but hopefully it ends up not being like that. But eh, it's VB at the end of the day. And just as Imadi has pointed out, he'll probably be crashing into a lot more cars. So I'll, I'll keep him in my prayers. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Abdul. Uh, can we have um, Hassan next, please? Yeah, so yeah, I feel like, as Imadi said, Botas is only showing his, like, his qualifying pace. He still had a whole lot of work to do in terms of, like, race pace, defending, all of that. And if he's going to be in the thick of the midfield, I think he's going to suffer a whole load of issues. But yeah, I'm not trying to slander Bottas. I'm just trying to like state what could possibly happen to Bottas. <laughs> yeah. But then like uh, another team that I think that could come into play later is um, Williams with um, Albon and Atifi. I think they could actually be, I don't know, good if they can actually sort out their issues, or it might just end up being Williams will be Williams at the end of the day. But yeah, that's it. Thank you. Um, Balaji, please. Okay, thanks. Uh, so I don't know, but like, we opened this topic, I mean, this Alpha Romeo topic with the fact that Bottas has been in Q3 since 2016. Nobody, nobody active, inactive, has done that right now. That's six, almost six years of Q3 appearances. Come on, I mean, you have to give the guys some credit. How many wins does he have? That's not the issue. The issue is Koli. Six years of Q3 appearances. And then, I don't know, maybe because 
you know, the Mercedes um, regime or his time in Mercedes has kind of made people forget that he was in a Williams. And when he was in a Williams, he was, you know, in a similar situation with the Alfa Romeo that he's in now, in the midfield, challenging for like, you know, best of the rest. And I mean, we saw how well he did, 2014, 15, 16. He did so well, actually. That was all going him his drive. So yes, in Mercedes, he kind of, I don't know if he caved under the pressure of being in the fastest car, but like he was in the midfield battle and he showed what he could do in the midfield battle. So I don't think we should write him off this season at all because he feels like he's back in the familiar territory. So I think if he could be a driver to watch out for. And, you know, I would always have him in my fantasy team So because Vibe is my guy. So, yeah, I think that's it. Thank you very much. Okay, um, all right, please. Um, first of all, when you were introducing Alfa Romeo, you said that let's go to a team that is at the back of the grid. I don't agree with that, man. Guy, Bottas qualified in the same room with Lewis Hamilton, the supposedly greatest driver in the world. Now, nah, you cannot say they are at the back of the grid. And on this same space, uh- last Sorry, sorry. Uh, excuse, excuse, me. I'm excuse, using based on last year's performance. Excuse me. Did you, say, start, did you say supposable? Please, you need to rephrase that statement. I said supposedly. Yeah, please, please. It is without doubt. The, <laughs> the other person is a vegetable, so I don't see who you're comparing him with. Anyways, anyways, I was just, I was, I was just joking. But um, with Alpha Romeo, yeah, I we already knew that. At the end of course, on this space last week, people were saying that oh, VB is trash, they'll be at the back and this thing. I just wanted to, I don't know if they're still here. I just wanted to remind them of what they said because you, the thing with Valtteri Bottas is that he was in the same team with Lewis Hamilton. The same thing that happened to George Russell, too. I don't know if people start thinking, oh, maybe George Russell is not a good driver. Like, once you are in the same team with Lewis Hamilton, he would definitely beat you hands down. Like, the last person to beat him had to literally retire from the sports. So, don't, I don't, I feel like, and coming back to Alfa Romeo, yeah, this season, they are going to be good because even the rookie driver, I think he qualified, was enough 15th or so. So, and I know that people are saying that, oh, Butas only has like curry, curry pace during the race, is not, not that good. Once again, it is because his teammates, he has been compared with Lewis all this while. Because if you think about it, the most podiums in like, the past five years that we know was Lewis, um, Bottas and Max. There's a reason why Bottas is always there. And it's not just because, oh, Mercedes is a good team at all. It's because he's a good driver also. So I believe that maybe like Alfa Romeo, they are, they are showing their true pace. The rookie driver just has to like get more used to the car and would, would see better things from them. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, all right. Uh, Hassan, please. Yeah, yeah. So the thing with Bottas is that, like, you have to consider, like, for the past how many seasons, he has been entering midfield battles with, like, the best car on the grid. And he has been consistently losing these midfield battles with the fucking Mercedes. So now that he has an Alfa Romeo that is basically a midfield car, to see him compete with other people that like, have equal cars as him, I don't see him winning these fights as much as he did with the Mercedes. Because, I mean, with the Mercedes, I was like a rocket, essentially. It would give him the spicy engine, give him the spicy whatever. And at the end of the day, he would still lose or, like, get blocked by Daniel Ricciardo that is in, in McLaren, that is suffering 
and not win anything. So I don't see him actually like performing like other than apart from quality, like race pace, doing defense on straights, all of that. I don't really see him doing any of that. Yeah. Okay, thank you very much, uh, Hassan. Um, okay, moving on to another team, the Red Bull sister team, Alpha, um, Alpha Twari. You know, um, Gasly in P10 and um, I believe Sonoda in P16. You know, um, it hasn't been a, well, I say it hasn't been a very good, um, weekend for Sonoda and the team in general because um in testing we were seeing the times um Gasly was putting out and oh it was tremendous you know but bringing or rather fast forward to qualifying you know it's the the times are not there and then you know we, we don't we don't know what has happened. So um I don't know where do you guys um see um, Alpha to this um season, you know, do you see them maybe being still maintaining that they are uh, midfield position or probably um struggling um maybe with the likes of um Haas, you know, because at the moment it's looking like sorry Haas has a faster car than um Alpha. Um, sorry. Um, yeah, Alpha. Um. Twari at the moment, you know. So, um, how do you guys um see and uh, see it, and um, how do you think it's going to pan out for them for the rest of the season? Um, read one, please. Okay, so about Alpha Tauri is that. I can't really judge them because it's just the beginning of the season. So, but I think they need to bring their game up, like against the likes of Alpine. I don't know, like now McLaren also is, is actually not doing that well. So that's around that side, around that seventh, sixth, seventh, eighth. So I don't really know much. I can't really say much about those um, parts, but I think with Pierre Gasly and Yuki, today we saw what Gasly did at that Q2, the last lap he did. He was able to, uh, was able to improve and move to Q3. I think with them at the mutual battle, they will do well with and Yuki too, he needs to do well also. So as a Red Bull fan, I'm expecting something good. From them, so maybe sorry, sorry, quickly. I'm just going to add. Um, so um, the rookie driver, um, Guangzhou, um, qualified P15, and then Sonoda in P16. That's that's something. Yes, yes, that's something. That's why I actually said Sonoda needs to man up. He can't be done there. Especially in qualifying, so he needs to do well. And when I came up last season, is a Japanese, he needs to do well. He can't keep like babying him like that, so he needs to do well. 
and this Chinese guy. If the Chinese guy can beat him this season, I don't know the decision they will take, but they need to do well. Like before the season starts, I think I predicted them to finish ahead of McLaren. Not I'm not gonna lie. I think them to finish fourth. They need to do well. They can't be that rubbish this season. So that's just about as much as thank you. Thank you very much. Um, does anyone want to um add anything to, to um that please? Um Hassan. I per- I personally feel we shouldn't like be too hard on Yuki Sonoda because like if we have drivers mm-hmm. like Daniel Ricardo that's been surviving in F1 based on vibes, I mean we can basically just trust Yuki. Yuki earns way less than Ricardo. And he can shell out almost a good as performance on a good day for him. So yes, please leave UK alone. But um, um, Hassan, it's quite interesting that you say well based on vibes because Daniel Ricardo. Well, I would say Daniel Ricardo. Yeah, he's he's um in the last few seasons he has changed teams, you know, and different um different cars, you know, different setup, different teams, you know, and then he has taken time to adjust, you know. And, um, well, you could say, give a similar excuse for UK with, with that it's just his second year in F1, but the thing is that it just brings me to the point, um, how long do, like, some of these drivers ha- have in this sport, like, a driver like Daniel Ricciardo, because, if obviously it's still too early in the season, you know, to um judge, but F1 is not a sport where um time is being wasted, you know. If you if you're if you're not up to it, you leave other others come in and replace you and then life moves on, you know. So we um a driver like um Daniel Ricardo, which Hassan has said um he's been in He's been surviving in the spot on vibes. How long do you think? Uh, how long do you guys think he has left in this spot? You know. Um. Does anyone want to? Okay. Yeah, yeah. I think that. So I think we need to remember that Danny Rick is a is a veteran driver. He's an OG, 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 and you know he's he has not like he's thirty two. He's thirty three in August. If I'm not wrong. This man is he has passed his prime, right? Like I'm sorry to say he has passed his prime. And truly, truly, he has been racing on vibes. Someone that is supposedly meant to be an elite driver. If you if you change teams, you know, you should hit the ground running. Look at science. So that's what people don't understand. Like science has changed teams so many times. And he didn't need, oh, you know, his new or oh, his he just got on with his work. But what's Danny Rick's excuse? And then you give interviews and it's like, oh, I don't go to the factory. I don't do this. I mean, these are things that a 32-year-old man who has spent 10 years or so in this sport should not be saying. So I don't think we, we should give give Danny Rick a pass so much. He's he's not pulling his weights. He's earning so much. I mean, before Norris's uh, new deal, he was earning more than Norris. And he definitely was an anchor to Norris's ship. He kept pulling the team down, cost MP3, 
So you mean he he needs to actually sit up like he can't he's not a kid anymore, he's not he's not signing his mates, like he needs to you know, like he needs to brace up, he's thirty two, for goodness sake. Come on. Thank you very much, um Bolaji. Does anyone have anything else to add? Well, um what about um Yuki as well, you know, because um Yuki we can well I say we can't still keep um pampering him, you know. Like um we know how Red Bull um move, you know. They don't waste time, you know. Especially with um the drive especially with them having so much drivers on, on their list. So I feel um a driver like Yuki, if he doesn't hit the ground up and running this season, it might be his last uh season in F one and then we see probably another driver, you know, maybe from maybe I don't I, I don't I don't I don't follow the um what I say the Red Bull driver academy. So I won't I am I'm, I'm not sure which um driver might be next to come into F one in the academy. But yeah. Um I feel that's um that's it for um Sonoda. So I don't know if anyone has anything else to add before we move on, on from that. Okay, I think Imadi wants to speak. Oh yeah, Imadi, please go ahead. Yeah, I just wanted to add to Yuki. Um, I think um he's a victim of media hype. Now he came from he was very young and he came from F two, and then he performed. He tested on in in twenty twenty one. He tested in Bahrain and he performed very well there. Then the first race he went well. And for a rookie, he was driving on a track that he knew very well. So, and he now did well. So his performance sort of brought up that media hype. I can even remember I added him to my fantasy team in 2021. I was expecting so much from him, but he's a rookie. And yes, I agree with you that he's most this season. If he doesn't hit the ground running, most likely going to be his last season. But I think he's a victim of the media hype that surrounded his testing result and his first race result. Then when he now went to tracks that he didn't know, he started showing the rookie act in him started coming out actually. And people now, you know, he actually needed time to get acclimatized with the car and all that kind of a thing. So I think he's just a victim of media hyper, but he needs to get his act together this year or else they will bounce him. Thank you. Thank you very much, Imadi. Yes, Bolaji. Yeah, so just to add to what Imadi said, Apart from the media hype, I also think Yuki didn't take this challenge seriously. So I think before the season started, he gave an interview that he underestimated the physical demands of F1. So he didn't train. He was not in the best shape coming into his first season in the sport. So he was already on the back foot. And like Imadi said, he was lucky because, you know, he tested well in Bahrain and the first race was also in Bahrain. So he did well. But like his preparation wasn't up to par. I think even last season, his uh, team principal, Franz Stoss, had to kind of move him from, I think he was staying in London or so. Like, they had to relocate him to stay in almost like beside his um, team principal's house so they can monitor him and, you know, give him that discipline he needs to be an F1 driver. So he didn't take his rookie, his rookie year seriously. And this is his second season. I don't think, you know, like you said, Red will give him so many chances. Like, they have a lot of drivers 
waiting for that seat. So he, like, he's sink or swim for him this year. I hope he swims, but, you know, it's up to him, really. Yeah. Um, yeah, you're right, um, Bolaji. Yeah. Um, actually, Yuki moved. He was in, I think he was with the Red Bull um, junior drivers in Milton Kings, where, um, close to the, where the train close to the factory. So now they had to move into the Alpha um Alpha Tuari um headquarters where they have their um, factory in um is it friends in Italy. I can't remember um the place but yeah. So um I think even with moving Yuki um to Italy, you know, like he still has a lot to um a lot to learn. You know, if he's if he's going to get the best out of the car and then i feel like him having um yeah gasly as an experienced driver you know you wonder if he's learning from pierre and then also if pierre is also like a good um will i say a good ex- a reference to learn from or a good example to um to um imitate you know like obviously we know pierre has had his um his um issues in the past, you know. So yeah. So um yeah, um that's just it uh, from for Yuki. So um moving on, um we haven't spoken about um Alpine, um Alonso and um Esteban Ocon, you know, um Alonso who qualified P eight and Alon- um and Ocon P eleven, you know, um both drivers, and um, obviously, um, Alonso, Alonso, um, will I say at the top between both drivers, you know, and then he's he's constantly showing his leadership, you know, in um his driving, you know, and then um, Alpine, you know, it's quite tricky for Alpine this season because um, you can like. Looking at them today and um, all season, um, rather all testing is is difficult to um judge where they are or how they will fare for the rest of the season. So um, I would like to um hear from you guys. If anyone is um looking to um speak on Alpine. Yes, Hassan, please. Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm looking to how, um, what's his name, Alonso reacts to our current, current um, pace. Because what he was expecting was that, like, um, competition-based car, like, everything, he'll be up there, he'll be up in front. That was all the hype last year about your plan, all of that. And this year, they are now up in front, like they thought. So I'm really wondering what Alonso is really saying to the engineers, to the team principal, for his stop processes right now. But yeah. Thank you very much, um, Hassan. Um, okay, yeah, Balaji, please. And I think to add to what Hassan said, so the Alpine team, I don't know. I think they have internal issues. They have restructured almost as many times as Ferrari has in the past three to four years and that's that's already a bad sign if you know every year 
you don't know if your management team and your engineering team would stay the same. So I don't know. I really don't know how this season is going to go for them. Seeing as they recently restructured Alan Prost, that was there. Like, um, like the role Nicolada was playing for Mercedes. That's what they brought in Prost to do. But then, you know, before the season started, he was dramatically moved aside. A lot of things just seem to not be right within the team. So it might that, that might translate eventually to on track performance. And you know, we can see that the flats of that struggles, bodywork flying away, you know, performance not as expected. So it might be a long year for them. You know, I wish Ocon well. I don't wish Alonso well because he's an up, but you know, I just wish them all right. That, I think that's just it for me. Thank you very much, um, Balaji. So, um, does anyone um have anything else um else to add again? So, just shortly before we move on. Okay. Um. So. Um. Quickly on um Aston Martin. I know there's really nothing much to um. Talk about with Aston Martin. Hockenberg, you know, who is um Seb's replacement, finished ahead of the owners. The person that owns the car gongo in terms of yeah, he finished ahead of his son, which is kind of sad, you know. So um Lanstro finishing nineteenth and Hockenberg finishing seventeenth, you know. You know, it says a lot about the team, you know, and then um I believe for what do you call them, Aston Martin. I believe it was a, it wasn't the best time for them to restructure, you know. Though other teams are restructuring, you know, but when you look at a team like Alpine, they are, they have, like they have a bigger organization, you know, behind them, which is um the Reynolds Group, per se. But when you look, but um Aston Martin just has um Lance Stroll, you know. Which controls everything, and then when you have someone with not so much experience and understanding of the sport, influencing decisions, as um, Otmar said, is going to hinder things. And then it's obvious, um, like you can see the result um, on track, you know. So I really hope um, Aston Martin can um, bounce back, you know. And then another thing, uh, guys, is um, looking at a team like um, to just bring us back. Looking like a team, um, a team like Haas. Do you think Haas still has anything else to offer further on in the season, like possibly any upgrades? Because we know that um, budget is an issue for them. Um, they have um some other things that they are dealing with, you know, they, they don't even have um, some essential staffs. Like, currently, Haas is recruiting an, an aerodynamist and a senior aerodynamist, you know. So, do you think um, Haas still has something to offer, even, like, even after everything we've seen today, like, ahead of the season? Do you think, in terms of upgrades, they will still be able to impress us, you know? Uh, yeah, um, Imadi, please. And then um all right. Okay, yeah. Um for Hassan having anything to offer, I think um like probably last month, Balaji shared an article with me and um it was um that it was stated in the article that um 
Gene Haas hasn't been investing his money, his own personal funds into the team. There has been um, the Oral Kali and the Mazapins that have been funding the team. So I, maybe they will use this year as a way to just get off the last position and then find a way to get sponsorships. And so they might not really look for many upgrades, but if they can score a couple of points across the year and leave um, 10th position, probably secure eight, seven, if possible, seventh, because um, their pace actually, their pace looks really, really strong. So if they can secure a higher position up and then Gene has maybe changes his mind and starts to pump money into the team, or they get some quality sponsorships along the line, then they might just use this year as a building block as they've been building up. Yeah, let's see. Yeah, thank you. Thank you very much. Um, I don't know. Um, all right, please. Okay. Um, first of all, I think with us actually, I think they themselves they actually surprised with with how good they they found out that they could be because obviously they said that oh last season they were not going to like focus on last season it was just going to be this season but i think like they actually so surprised with how good their focus their focus paid out because like you said they are just looking for like a scenario dynamist and like aerodynamic stuff so like that just shows that the team maybe they expected oh some some benefits but like not this good benefits so now they are trying to keep up and with Aston Martin, man, like we already know from far that they're having troubles. Because, like I said last week, that Otuma literally had to leave the team because Logan Stroh was was actually doing too much. So, and Aston Martin, I'm I'm just really sorry for Sebastian Vettel because nah, yeah. I don't think I don't think ever winning the championship again in this life. So that's all. Thank you very much. Uh, all right. Uh, does anyone want to add anything again? Yeah. Just before we round up. Yeah. Hi. How are you? Yeah. Carry on, please. Yeah. Well, I just wanted to share this with you. I'm a. I'm a. Not because I'm a Ferrari fan, but what a day in Bahrain. What a day for Ferrari. I've been waiting for this for a few years, and man, are they quick? They are quick. That is just the beginning of the battle. I can't wait for tomorrow's race. I'm really looking forward to it. But if you look at that, I'm all about qualifying. Qualifying dictates and predicts in wisdom how fast they're going to be on track. And trust me, trust me on this one, I have a great feeling that they are going to be fast on the corners, on the straights. And I I can't wait to see that tomorrow. And one more thing I'd like to add to this. For some reason, I don't know if anybody noticed that. Did anybody notice the commentators, Brundle and everybody? It's like they should have been hyped up. Instead, they were focusing so much still on Mercedes that they were behind. I'm saying, listen, there's no problem. Mercedes, we all know they're a good constructor. But now let's get over this. you got to see what Ferrari is doing. They are freaking amazing. And trust me, just this is a celebration in itself for me. I don't know if anybody else has noticed this, but wow, that is fast. Uh, yeah, that's part of it. I got more to say, but it's incredible. Um, yeah, so if I can quickly respond to that, I think the guys are just being cautious. No, Cautious? We had, yeah, we had a similar fast uh, Ferrari. 
2019. And, you know, obviously it ended up being illegal, but even with a very fast car, you guys couldn't do much with it. So I think, yeah, at the end of the day, the commentators, they probably want to be happy, but, yeah, as I said, they need to be cautious. Ferrari can throw everything away within a blink of an eye. So yeah. I guess that's why. Well, you oh, you think I just want to understand? You think they were fast because, and they got to be cautious. Uh, if you remember 2019, Ferrari had a very fast car, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah but there, there yeah. was yeah, there was problems with that though. We we have to understand yeah. that there was problems with uh, with FIA where they looked at it and they said there was something they were doing that was illegal, so they crashed them down yeah. on that. Uh, yeah, but they did. They, they did. They they had the car for a number of races, for for a huge chunk yeah. of races, and they could only muster three wins from right. Okay. So yeah, we all we all are happy that they have a very fast car, but we also are trying to be cautious. So I oh, guess yeah, that's sure. But you know what? It's okay to be cautious, but let me tell you, if I was Mattia Binotto, uh, I wouldn't even look at being cautious. I would be looking at, let's get this on the road. Let's get this going. Let's get this moving. Because, you know, Ferrari is a legend team. It's been enough that they've been in the background. And I think it's about time that they come out and they really show what they've done during the winter. Because so far, they've predicted uh, something wrong with the mic, sir. Oh, boy. Something's going on. Okay. Uh, um, yeah, they... I'm hearing background noise, I don't know why, but yeah, okay, that's better, yeah, sure, uh, because you, w what happens is that right now, Mattia Binotto has been doing a great, great uh, job as a team principal. So far, he's predicted the, constru the constructors uh, third place, they got it against McLaren, that's great, but now they're a step ahead, and he was always talking about the work that had to be done to get the cars prepared with the new regulations, uh, the new era of a car, the new power unit. So now this is a complete different era where you see everybody's coming very close. They have very competitive cars in every level. So yes, it might be, uh, I, I, I don't disagree with you to be cautious, but me, as far as being cautious, I wanna be a little more optimistic than just being cautious because you can see it in the numbers. The numbers are rolling. There's no sandbagging here. There's no sandbagging in qualifying. There's sandbagging in running tests, but not in qualifying, not in qualifications. So if they've done, if they've proved that they can do these numbers, my God, they can do them once, twice, three times over. And if you remember in 2019, everything went down and everything was scrapped when FIA came in. And they found that there was something, a problem with the gas and everything else, uh, what they were using, and it brought them completely down. The only way for this to go down is that if they're doing something illegal, which is not the case at all. This is a completely different era. And if you saw Matias' face and Binotto's face when they, when he came on and he talked with Brundle, not, not Brundle, but uh, the other guys, uh, some of the commentators, he was very happy with the results. So I'm looking forward to tomorrow. Tomorrow, uh, uh, Leclerc has got a, he's going to pull it off. I'm really confident that he's going to pull it off because he's a very good driver. He's got character. 
and science uh, don't leave anything out. And of course, Verstappen, which is a uh, last year's champion, uh, you're going to see these guys uh, battling it uh, very, very much and very, very closely. That's what I predict. Thank you very much, um, Giovanni. Um, Hassan, quickly, just before we round up. Yeah, let's go back to um, Aston Martin. I'm just going to like advise everyone that we should just reserve our judgment on Aston Martin too. The four-time world champion Vettel is able to show what the car can do because I believe Vettel can, you know, unlock the potential for the car. So yeah. Uh, thank you very much, um, Hassan. Um, guys, so um, we've come to the end of the space but very quickly um i can see um on the on the fantasy team um i've been told we have about 40 40 40 um 40 players so um i should the link should have been up here so um if you are interested um in the fantasy league you can please join at the end of the season there's a cash prize you know so it might be it might come in handy in that december period so please um participate and then um also if you like to um support us please um click on the link in our bio and then um yeah there are ways in which you can support us and um tomorrow we'll be we'll be here after the um after the race in Bahrain, you know, so to discuss um the events of the race and um look ahead to Saudi, you know. But um yeah, so that's it um from us today, guys. Thank you very much and um, have a great evening, everyone. God Thank bless you. you. Thank you. God bless you too.